Welcome back to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm once again joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and media colleague Matthew Webb. Today we'll be reflecting on what was a disappointing defeat at Coventry City last Friday and previewing the arrival of Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough this weekend to Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium. As well as that, we'll be joined by fullback Ozzy Kakai. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Webby, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. And sadly, we're reflecting on a defeat. Uh, we spoke in the lead up to the game against Coventry how pleased we were with the win against a, a Nottingham Forest side that largely tipped to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. We face a Coventry side newly promoted. And as Mark Warburton has said before, and no doubt he'll say it again, he, he says people always underestimate the promoted teams, overestimate the relegated teams. I'm not saying we underestimated Coventry City, but we ended up with a bloody nose from the trip to St Andrews and a 3-2 defeat since. How disappointing was that, first of all? Yeah, it was, I've got to be totally honest, Paul, it was extremely disappointing, you know, because um, I felt it was a game, certainly in the first half, we, we were in control of, uh, almost in complete control of, never really looked like scoring, I didn't look a threat, but as an away side against the newly promoted team, you know, you're happy with that. When you're dictating the tempo of the game, you've got the majority of the possession. Um, but yeah, you, you you look at the game, you know, the, the the three goals, which I'm sure we'll speak about, were were poor, you know, to concede three again as poor, because you've got to be going some to win games if you're conceding three. Uh, and probably the disappointing thing is the concede three was after the week that we had just come off against a really good Notts Forest team, which we, we spoke about last week. So, uh, yeah, disappointing night. Yeah, and we're just going through it, I suppose, in chronological order. And Matt, we started so well. There were no real chances, but we were very much in control of the game. And then when we get the penalty, and Lyndon Dyke scores it, dare I say it, you sort of almost think that the hard part is done and now Coventry have to come out. That will give us an opportunity to exploit them. But... It didn't quite go like that. Just firstly, on Lyndon Dyke's penalty, he seems to have a very clear style, doesn't he? Which is simply, I'm going to absolutely smash this. And if you're going to stop it, you're going to have to pull off one hell of a save. Yeah, it certainly was. No nonsense from Lyndon. Uh, again, um, he's obviously two, two and two for him now in terms of uh, goals and penalties. Yeah, 70% possession in the first half. You did think to yourself, you know, although we didn't create too much, once we got the goal, you kind of thought, you said, okay, um, just get to half time, and uh, yeah, we've you know think things are good for us. But I think the manager said it afterwards. I spoke to Rob Dickey this week. That the goal seemed to really, really affect the team for whatever reason. They said you know both both of them said that the mood was pretty flat in the dressing room at half time, and that kind of that seemed to set the kind of tone for the second half. Unfortunately, yeah, you, that would add up because they then went two one up five minutes after the restart when Callum O'Hare scored. Um, so, I suppose, since we'll have to come to you for this knowledge of uh, inside a professional dressing room, when you concede a goal just before half-time, with the best will in the world of trying to get everyone G'd up for the second half, there is going to be that flat feeling, whereas the dressing room across the corridor is obviously going to be of a completely different mindset. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, anyone who listens week after week will hear me say goals change games. And that goal, I think... Um, 
change game, uh, change change the the dynamic of the game. It certainly would have changed the halftime uh, team talks, the 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 mood from both sets of players, um, and that was probably if I look at the. If I look at the night, I think that was probably a defining moment. And why did I say that? Because I'm sure you'll say, well, maybe the, the, the third decisive goal. But you go 1-0 up after 41 minutes, haven't created a great deal, but you're in control of the football and uh, they, they haven't caused you a problem either. Joe hasn't made a save. Now, as a player, I, I used to know where I was in a game in terms of time. Uh, one, I might ask the referee, but you, you, you have a sixth sense that you know what, it's nearly half-time now. We're 1-0 up, away from home, let's get in there. But I looked at the goal the other night and I watched it back three, four, five times. And I think Mark would probably question the, the game management of the players because when Ryan Giles picks it up with a minute to go or 30 seconds to go, we're 3v3. Having three minutes earlier taken the lead, we're 3v3. Osman shows Giles down the line, which is the correct thing to do. And here's, there's no lack of effort because when he crosses it, we've got eight players in the box, including Joe Lumley. We've got seven outfield players. So players are working hard enough. They've got two in the box. They've got O'Hare, unmarked, and Godden, who was marked, but then drips away from Lee Wallace and gets a free header. So as that cross goes in, we've got eight V2. No one picking up. Free header. Joe can't quite react quick enough, goes through his legs. 30 seconds later, the halftime whistle goes. So, you know, maybe with a couple of minutes to go, you've just taken the lead, just put the brakes on. So, right, we're going in 1-0 up here. We're, then the onus is going to be on Coventry. See if, they, see if they change. See if they can come and break us down. Then we might hit them on the break, etc. So, game management for me is huge. And I think that let us down, certainly at that instance, um, and changed the course of the game for me. Yeah, we did then get back into the game, didn't we? And it was a fantastic goal from Johan Barbe. And that was just with 15 minutes to go. A great strike um, from the Frenchman. And at that stage, you're thinking, you know what? Four points from the opening two games. You take that. That's a, that's a solid start to the season. And then obviously conceding with four or five minutes to go from a set piece will, will obviously be uh, disappointing for, for, the, for the team. Um, but like Mark Warburton has said before, he, he gets frustrated when it is a, a goal such as that. And like he said, if you if you get cut wide open by a brilliant move, it's easier to accept. But when, if it's avoidable goals, then obviously it's uh, more difficult to take. Well, we speak with Ozzy Kakaya shortly, and it'd be interesting to see what how they analyse that because I know a, a lot of work is done in terms of the analysis looking ahead to games, but also reflecting on matches, what went well and what didn't go well. So we'll get his thoughts on that in a moment. Just a word on Aussie, Kai. He seems to have won the battle for the right-back spot at the moment, doesn't he, uh, Webby? He does, yeah. Obviously, um, you know, uh, coronavirus hasn't been a, a winner for many people, but the way that the, the, way that the season kind of broke up and the way it, ca- it came back for him, obviously, um, especially with, with Angel uh, being injured as well, he's, he's obviously... It's given Aussie the opportunity to kind of make the, you know, really stake a claim for the right back spot. Um, yeah, it, I think the manager, I know we'll talk about this later as well. The manager spoke about he, this kind of determination he's seen with, with Aussie in, in recent months. Um, and yeah, he really, really does seem to have grasped the opportunity of, you know, a, a kind of available spot there. 
Yeah, absolutely, Willie. Signed a, a new deal recently, keeping him at the club until 2024. So let's now hear from QPR defender Ozzy Kukai. Well, Ozzy Kukai, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast this week. From a, We'll go into the, the most recent game against Coventry in a moment, but from a personal point of view, how do you feel the season has started for you? Uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, I think, obviously, the result on Friday wasn't the result we wanted. I think that spells we played well, but we know we can perform better than that. But, obviously, we're doing that first. That was a that was a great result to start the season. We played, we played really well. So, we're looking just to push on after every game now. I would imagine for you, that at the start of the season, it was just about getting the nod for the first game of the season. You've, of course, played in all three matches. That, I would guess, was your first target when you came back for the start of the new campaign. Yeah, obviously, uh, obviously with the mini pre-season, you'd say, I just really wanted to carry on the consistency and just working out every day from where I took off from the back end of last season. So I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to start. Mm -hmm. And you're 23 now. You've been at the club since the age of seven. So oh, yeah. that probably makes you our longest serving player by about 15 years. And <laughs> you've, signed a, you've signed a new four-year contract as well, keeping out the club to 2024. And again, that, that must be a great feeling because it means you, you know where your future lies and you can concentrate purely on football. Yeah, definitely. That. Obviously, as I said before, I've grown from like a boy to a man at this club. Um, I've seen that everything, like there's been ups and downs, but I've always, my main aim was to always play for QPR and hopefully just carry on pushing on and get as many games as possible for the club. And since I see you nodding there when you're talking about signing a new contract and knowing where your future lies, why is that important from a player's perspective? Obviously... Well, you, well, you know where you are. Um, you know, and... Osman's earned that right, really. Um, you know, I was going to ask him, I'll come to that in a minute. You know, I think he started the previous season, not the um, two seasons ago under Steve McLaren, played three or four games, then was sort of um, jettisoned. I think he came after the West Brom game, if you like. Um, I'm sure Osman, in the back of his mind, when he was getting overlooked for a, a considerable amount of time, possibly thought his future career was going to be away from QPR because if you're not, if you're not playing, you, you're constantly getting overlooked. Um, you, you, you get a bit down, but I say it, and I, I might have said it to Ozzy when I've seen him at the training ground months gone by, you know, you, you've just got to wait and you've just got to train as best you can every day and prepare. And, and when you get your chance, because you never know when that chance is going to come, when you get that chance, you have to be ready to take it. And, you know, Credit the young Aussie for what he did last year. You know, he's waited a hell of a long time. I think he got the nod against Fulham. And whilst we as a team weren't great once the, the restart came, I think uh, Osman was a real shining light in those seven games. So much so, it looks like he's made the right-back position his at the moment in time. You know, you know and congrats, Aussie, on the, on the new deal. Um, I'm sure Osman will be the first one to, 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 to admit and he's still got a little... Lots to work on, but what I know about the young the young man we're talking to is works his socks off in training, wants to do well, wants to improve, um, loves the club, 
you know, he's, you've already said he's been here since the age of seven. And I think that's fantastic when you see the cliche, one of your own come through and get in the team and earn the right to be in the team on merit and start producing the goods. Um, so, yeah, absolutely delighted. And I hope he really can kick on, you know, um, after the seven games at the end of last season. He's obviously got the shirt at the moment. Just kick on, work as, work as hard as you can. Look to improve every aspect of your game. But going back to the four-year deal, it just gives you that security that you know where you are. It must give you confidence that the management and the club have got that belief in you to give you a four-year deal. Um, but football is a strange game. It can change by the week, both as a team and an individual. But what I do know about Aussie, he'll work his socks off. He'll fight tooth and nail to keep that shirt. And he'll want to improve and he'll want to help the team move forward. So delighted for yours. And um, since just mentioned the, the West Brom game there from a, a couple of years ago, Aussie, over the last couple of years, how much do you feel you have developed? Yeah, definitely. Like my, obviously, my overall game, I still have stuff to improve on. But since since like I think I was in twenty eighteen, I've learned so much. Like with my loan spells coming back, the different managers I played under, I've yeah, I've learned so much. Where just not on the pitch, like the off the pitch stuff. Like how to be a professional, all that kind of stuff, how to apply yourself, which has really helped me. For, for, do you get, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Paul, do you, do you uh, I know the answer to that, but I'm just going to ask yours. Do you, do you get the off the pitch stuff from people in the dressing room, you know, senior professionals, people in the Randa club yeah. um, that you can go and speak to, advice, you know, the coaches? So I'm sure you still speak to your under 23 coaches and because yeah. you know, they've, they've, they've had a big part in your development. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, um, I, I speak to um, all the fully and imps all the time. Uh, Chris, Chris helps a lot. Uh, the senior boys in the team, like Jeff, all of them players there. They, they really, uh, if I need any advice, I'll talk to them. Especially when I wasn't playing, uh, yeah. I was obviously someone who doesn't put my head down and just soak. So I, I was coming in every day, applying myself properly, and they were just not that like, tap me on the back. I was doing well, giving me that confidence. So when the time was. When I had the time to play now, I was obviously prepared mentally as well. Ozzy, one more before Paul comes back. And how, you know, when you've been overlooked as a, as a young player, how hard is that? How difficult is that? Can you just explain to anyone yeah. who's listening? Because they'll think, you know what, you're getting paid, you're this, that and the other. But yeah. it's so hard when you're coming in training and you don't mm. think there's a way forward. So uh, how hard was it for you? Yeah, definitely. Like, I came back from my loan spell. Obviously, I thought... I had a chance, but I didn't play. But yeah, it is difficult. You, you, you sometimes you come in the morning and you don't really want to train. Like you're, you're, you're not traveling to games or anything. You, you're, you're set, you're set on the side. Yeah. But it's all like you got to think about yourself as well. If yeah. I'm not applying myself properly, how am I supposed to progress as a player? Because at the end of the day, you're the player. So you have to make sure you're in the best condition and everything. And I, I think I just, I just stuck to that. And it's really, it's really like not. It's paid off now, but obviously I've got more work to do. During that time, Oz, when you, when you weren't in the side, and we'll talk about the fact you are in the side in a minute, honest. But when you when you weren't in the side and you had people like Jeff Cameron or Angel Rangel just sort of giving you a, a pat on the back and saying, you know, that's great what you're doing. How important was that? Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was really important because they 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 experienced pros as well and. Uh, like they've been in positions like that when they were younger, or even even in their older older times in their careers. So 
going to them and like knowing that I'm doing well and they're telling me that I'm doing well is a real boost. So it was really helpful, yeah. And last year, you spent the first half of the season on loan at Partick. How was that for you? Yeah, that, that was great. It really, like, really gave me a bit of confidence because I was playing every week and like, the, I, I was enjoying my football up there. And it was really, it was, it was, it was different living, living away from family and stuff. But the whole experience really helped me as a player. And I think it really helps. Mm -hmm. You look at the players that like you, yourself in the side now, Ilias Chair in the side, Abir Ayesi, of course, before who's now moved on, Joe Lumley. You can go right through the, through the team, through the squad. Young players that have come through and they've all got that common theme of going out to spend time on loan. And maybe at the time it feels like you've sort of been pushed away from the first team, but actually, is it moving you a step closer to the first team? Yeah, definitely. If, if you don't have that, everyone speaks about experience. You definitely need some sort of experience because, um, the, like, obviously the championships are a tough place to play week in week out. So going going down to the lower leagues, you really appreciate it. like you're playing with people. Obviously, they say fighting for their mortgages, all that kind of stuff is true. Like, it, like football is real game. Like when you're conceding goals, if you're not winning, it's really like to other people, it's really killing them. So. When, that, when you come into the team now and when we're, we're losing games, you, you can feel like how much it means to us. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you featured in the final games of last season. Did that give you a, a feeling that potentially you had an opportunity be, to be the first choice right back at the start of this season under Mark Warburton? Yeah, well, obviously coming back into the side, I just took it game by game. Even from now, every game I play is just game by game. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna work hard every game just to make sure I'm I'm helping the team as much as possible. Yeah. Is that a is that almost like a an active mindset to think only of the next game to avoid the potential for for being complacent for want of a better word? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, being overlooked before in the past has really helped helped me to have that kind of mindset now. So. Um, I, I take it game by game. That's that's the way. That's the way I look at things now. Every day I come into training. Every day is a new day just to improve. So that's my main emphasis. Yeah. And Mark Warburton was asked about you recently, and he said, "I've been very honest and said that his commitment and his desire. I didn't quite realise how focused he was. You must take a great deal of pride from hearing that because it's the greatest example you could have of." It's showing that the work you've been putting in has caught the manager's eye. Yeah, it's, it's obviously nice to, uh, for him to say that. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, but that's 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 as a professional footballer, that's a given, I believe. So you should be, you should, you should every day you come into training, every day you're on the pitch, especially playing for your club, hundred percent. So uh, I'm glad that he's saw that in me, and I, I hope to keep on training more. And I'll come back to since in a moment, but just coming back to those last couple of games and the, the first couple of games, the clean sheet against Nottingham Forest, we spoke about it before, such a strong attacking threat from Nottingham Forest to, to, to nullify them in the way that we did. It must have given the whole team, not, not least the defensive unit, such a, a boost in confidence because we know that the goals we've conceded last season was, was our Achilles heel, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think in the week we worked really hard on that and then well, because they had such a massive squad, we didn't really know the personnel at the time, but we was prepared for anything. Thought we defended well, defended the box really well. Our shape was good. 
yeah, so that that should that should give us confidence for the for this season. Obviously, with last season, we didn't we didn't keep as much clean sheets. We conceded soft goals. We just want to really not have that this year. Against Coventry, we we did concede the the three goals. What was the the view after that from within the dressing room? Yeah, like we worked on set pieces and stuff. Like to concede a set piece was was not really good at the end. But we we looked at it and we. We have one that we're working on the issues behind that, but yeah, the goals were soft. We can say that, but we know we need to what we need to do to improve that, so we can get as many clean sheets as possible. That's that's us as the back four and the whole team as well. And I know this is a popular one for since in terms of the analysis afterwards. Uh, since you've spoken before about how Jerry Francis used to sit you all down to highlight the perhaps how it could have been defended differently. Um, Ozzy, from your side, how was the, how was the game analysed after a match if, if things haven't gone well? Uh, we look at it now, like our perspective, like what, what we could have done better. Like, so we look, with, like, with a set piece, we'll we're, we're break it down into little pieces, every little detail, just to see it. So when, when, it happened, when, it, if it, when we're in that position again, we know where we're supposed to be and how to prevent it. So there's a lot of detail with the analysis here, and it's really helpful. Like even if you need, even like me personally, I'll go in there by myself to see what I need to do as well, and then you can go speak to them. We've got we've got good stuff here. What do you mean by that, Ozzy? You say you go in there yourself. When? How? What? what yeah, so like, you, you can speak to them. Like we, we've got Sam and Bartek here. You can go speak to them individually. They can put. Uh, specific clips for you of other players from other teams or you can break down your clips like the attacking and defending clips what you did right and what you did wrong it's good to analyse it just to improve you and see what you can do for the next game That's getting a very knowing grin there from Andy Sinton since when you hear a young player like Ozzy talking about spending his own time going in there wanting more analysis what's your thoughts on that? Brilliant um absolutely brilliant and that's the way it should be you know the the game where it is at the minute and the reward you can get if I was playing now I would I would be I'd be a right pest to everyone at the club the coaches you know um, I'd be analyzing every game with and without the ball you know the crosses I put in uh, defensive positions I was taking up so again Seems like Osman doesn't need any advice and he's been well-schooled, basically. But, you know, the more he can do with that. And that shows me, as a young player, he wants to, he wants to improve. He's not just happy to be in the first team. He wants to, first of all, he wants to cement his place in the first team. He wants to progress. He wants to help the team move forward. He wants to enhance his career for hopefully three, four years down the line. You know, um, uh, I don't mind saying this. If I were Osman, I would look at someone like in the beret you know, and see the similar path that he, I know they play in different positions and different type of players, but the similar path to see where Iberi's got to. And my advice to any youngster, whether it's Osman, whether it's Conor Masterson, whether it's Bright or say Samuel, Ilias Chair, that's what you need to be striving towards. So every, every tiny little bit of detail you can get from people, speak to people, every time you train, Gonna be the best you can. Every time you train, can you improve on an aspect of your game? Every time you play, can you aim to be the the best you can be? 
and you know what? You'll have bad training sessions. You'll have a poor game. The team will do well. The team will struggle on certain times. But, you know, if you're learning from it on a daily basis and wanting to learn from it, I believe you've got a, I believe you've got a chance. So uh, music to my uh, ears, that's why I was nodding. And, um, you know, just keep doing it all. So keep, keep pushing. Uh, I love the way you say you're treating every day, not just every game. Treat every day on its merits. Because football's such a strange... He's playing at the moment two or three weeks' time, you know, if his form dips or the team are struggling, you know, manager then has license to change it. At the minute, he's doing well personally, uh, and I'm sure there's more more to come. But delighted with his, that he's in the side, delighted with his form, delighted that he's signed a new deal, and um, delighted that he's got that uh, inward ability to want to get better. So uh, I wish you luck, Oz. Cheers, Andy. Thanks a lot. And since as a, a former left winger, I'm not sure how much your ankles would have liked Aussie Kakai's tackles. <laughs> he's, a very, he's a very physical player, and that's an important element of the game, isn't it? Looking ahead to Middlesbrough this Saturday, it will certainly be a physical test, won't it, since? It certainly will. And again, going back to Osman and the position he plays in, you know, the modern fullback, everyone says it's about, you know, being athletic, getting forwards, comfortable on the ball. And it is. Um, but I'm sure, Osman, you know, you'll have the likes of Chris and you know, Hawley and Imps and Les, if you like, telling you, you know, have to be able to defend as well. Uh, one thing Osman's got in his locker, which is vital, is his pace, he's quick. Um, you know, what I see of him in the, the half a dozen games that he played last year, I see uh, a player improving his positional play. Um, you know, there's a lot of work goes in when you haven't got the ball. Um, so I see, see big improves. I certainly see someone on the ball, his technical qualities are there and getting better and better. Um, but, you know, just keep working on your defending, whether that's individual, whether that's as a unit with your coaches, and uh, be as best you can with and without the ball. Yeah. And just finally, Oz, um, this coming Saturday is Middlesbrough. How much are you looking forward to that one? Yeah, I can't wait to go. Um, you have to, you have to go into the next game after the defeat last week. But and the boys will all be ready, ready to push on and get the three points hopefully. And you must just be loving it at QPR right now with the. The progress that you've made and like we were saying you, you you're the current um first choice right back you're not calling yourself the first choice right back as you say game by game but you must be enjoying it right now at rangers yeah definitely it's like obviously it's my local club uh, it's, it's very i'm very happy to be here all, all the staff all the players is all good we've got a young team so it's really good yeah. great so well, listen ozzy thanks very much for your time on the loftcast and best of luck on saturday against middlesbrough That's cheers most cheers, cheers Oz. good luck pal well great to hear there from Ozzy and since judging by your reaction there during the interview you, you certainly like what you hear from him he's a very determined individual who is one of those players who you feel is going to get every ounce of potential out of himself during his football career and it's, uh, that's, that's brilliant certainly when I hear young players that you know he, he's not taking anything for granted He's waited a long time um, to, to get this opportunity. <laughs> and by what he's saying um, and, and what I see, he's going to do everything in his power to make sure he, he, he clings on to that journey. You know, he's got competition um, with Todd and one or two others that could play there in, a, in an emergency. So the onus is on Aussie to keep working hard every day, which he says he does. You know, uh, Look at your games, look at your clips, see where you can improve, see where you can get better. Um, 
then go and put that into practice, you know. So, uh, yeah, delighted for him. Always delighted when a young lad's been at the club for so long uh, and works his way through and gets into the team. Um, have to get in on merit, which he's done. And, uh, yeah, delighted for him. And uh, there's a lot more to come from Aussie. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see how his career progresses now, particularly over the next four years following agreeing that new deal. Uh, we'll return to Middlesbrough in a moment, but one obviously final talking point from Friday night's game against Coventry City was the taking of the knee, or the not taking of the knee before kickoff. Uh, QPR and Coventry not taking the knee. Um, it led to some criticism from some quarters. Um, Les Ferdinand and Lee Hughes have come out and explained their their rationale and well, their rationale so much as the players themselves making that agreement not to take the knee. They felt that perhaps it had run its course. Um, since I just wanted to get your thoughts briefly on that. I think uh, enough has probably been said from Les and Lee in the statement, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Well, uh, I saw the statement from Lee and Les and I thought it was absolutely spot on and uh, it was quite a powerful statement. I think it, it, it hit the nail on the head, if you like, you know, uh, I saw Mark's interview when he was, uh, the question was almost thrown at him, you know, when he's, when he's talking about his football team. And um, I thought Mark answered it really, really well afterwards. Now, I know it's been said by three or four, Leslie, Mark, but I'll say it again, QPR is probably the most diverse football club in the country. So I'll, 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 I'll say that. And I'm not just saying that, uh, I'm not just paying a lip service to that. It is, and anyone that looks at the club and what we do and what we have done and what we continue to do will see that. So I was a little bit disappointed um, when your club that you represent has been questioned a little bit. There's no lack of respect there at all, at all. So um, I think everyone fully supports it. And as I say, rather than gestures, time for some action. Absolutely, well said. We'll turn in to this weekend and firstly, it, it does look like, as we talk now, government guidelines are understandably constantly changing as we work away through this global pandemic that we're all facing. But as things stand, it would appear there's going to be a pause on fans returning to Stadia, which is obviously hugely disappointing news, Webby, although perhaps not surprising, but it's, it's something that all football players will, will have to learn to adapt to and get used to because it is difficult, I can only imagine, playing in front of a, an empty stadium. And Mark Warburton said, you know, that is something that QPR struggled with following the return um, from the lockdown. And it's something that all players have to get used to. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's, you know, when well documented it, it probably took us, well, certainly from the restart, it took our players a little bit of time to get used to, certainly when you look at our results. When we have got used to it, I think we spoke to um, Elias Cher on, on this podcast last week and he was saying, um, although we're used to it, we'll never fully get used to it because we want the fans back in the stadium. I think everyone knows just how much of an, well, an advantage, well, I don't know if an advantage is the right word, but, you know, certainly at home, I think our home, home support is, is massive. I know we got a really good result against Nottingham Forest last weekend, um, not two weekends ago rather, but I think everyone knows just what an impact the fans have, have at our home ground. So, yeah, is in, in that respect, it is a blow. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, that's something that we'll have to deal with again this weekend when we host um, Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough. And firstly, our, our thoughts with Neil Warnock, who himself tested positive for COVID-19 last week. I understand 
he will be able to come to the game. Um, and I would imagine it's going to be a, a physical affair. And what do we expect from Middlesbrough this season since? This season, I expect a lot better than what they were last season. Um, whether that's because a Neil's gone in, um, that that'll have a bearing. and will have a huge bearing. You know, what did he go in? He went in with eight games to go, purely just to keep them up. It was never in doubt for me. I know they slipped into the bottom three a couple of times, but with him in charge, what he gets from his team, they were always going to stay up, um, and not be, because of Neil Warnock. You look at the quality they've got in this squad. You know, you, you look at the front two that were probably likely to face at the weekend. Uh, 20 odd million quid they both cost uh, between them you know uh, and on their day they're a real real handful so we need to prepare for a physical um, afternoon probably be prepared for a team who unlike Coventry and unlike Forrest will probably not look to play through you as much will look to get it into their front too and you know with with Spence and Johnson wide they'll, they'll fire in crosses so we're going to have to Defend for our lives, defend our box, defend our goals, win your headers, stay with runners, all of that. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It'll be interesting to see the battle between Lyndon Dykes and the returning Grant Hall as well. That could be uh, a tasty one. Um, what do you think Mark Warburton will be looking for from his players since? Obviously, a reaction that goes without saying, but... Um, like we said, a great result against Nottingham Forest, disappointing result against Coventry. It was the same start in 11. What will he be hoping for against Middlesbrough? He'd be looking for that level of performance that he got against Notts Forest and he's, he's, he's quite right to, to ask for that and demand for it because it's only a couple of weeks since they did it. You know, player for player that day, I thought we were, we were good all over the park. Uh, we started well, um, got, on, got on the front foot. Um, and deservedly, deservedly ran out winner. So, uh, so yeah, the, you know, we'll, the team will do the work about Notts Forest, uh, uh, about Middlesbrough. They'll know all about them. They they'll know what to expect. Um, then then it, then it's about us, and it's about the team he selects and the players he puts his faith in, stepping onto the pitch and producing what we know they and Mark better than anyone knows that they can. So. Uh, so, yeah, great start against Forrest. Disappointing the other night, but you'll hear me say again, you know, you're as good as your last time, you're also as good as your next. So, uh, a big game um, that we'll be up for, we'll be ready for. And if we, um, if we perform anywhere near what we can do, we'll get the positive result that we need. Webby, like I was saying, it's the same start in 11 for both league games. Do you expect that to be the case again this coming weekend? Yeah, to be honest, I'd be, I'd be surprised if they were changed. Obviously, we played really well against Forest. Um, admittedly, we didn't create too many chances in the first half at Coventry, but we, you know, we've spoken at length about that one as well. We were in, you know, pretty much complete control. So, yeah, one bad half maybe at Coventry, but I, I don't really envisage too many. Well, I don't re envisage any changes to the, to decide for, for Saturday. And since hopefully we'll be he hearing you screaming as you provide the co-commentary on QPR Plus. QPR against Middlesbrough will be available, of course, on the club's streaming service. Sadly, fans cannot be in attendance, but you can watch every kick of the game with QPR Plus for QPR against Middlesbrough with commentary provided by Nick London and his able assistant, Andy Sinton. Well, that's all for now on the Loftcast. We'll be back next week and let's keep those fingers crossed. It's our second win of the season that we're talking about. Thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. Yeah.